Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Monday morning. And as always, I know that uh, you all are so excited to be up and awake and and uh, being in this, uh, having to get up and <laughs> be a part of this day. But, uh, uh, but hey, like I always say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice, be glad in it. You know, I understand. Uh, trust me, uh, I understand how hard it is to have to get up in the morning. It never fails. Uh, you know, I don't know about you. Sometimes I could be like two or three o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, I, it's like I'm restless and can't really sleep. And then the last 45 minutes when I get into a really good deep sleep, then that's when I have to wake up. And it's frustrating and makes you angry and upsetting. <laughs> But, uh, uh, anyway, just be glad that, uh, that Lord gave you another day. And, uh, I think that, uh, one thing that should make us happy is, uh, thanking God. You know, when we get up in the mornings, we feel kind of grouchy, we feel sluggish and, you know, it's sometimes it's easy to want to pitch a fit like a child and, and, you know, complain and get upset, but maybe just maybe if you can, uh, just, redirect your thinking and uh and sit there and and um uh yeah you know sit, my mind went blank on me for a second sorry uh and thank god thank god that you have a job to go to thank god for your home thank god for your health thank god for your clothes thank god for your food thank god for coffee you know just praising god thanking god for all these different things and i think that you will find that you'll have a much better day uh, ahead of you, and that you'll be more uh, and more excited uh, to, uh, to to go throughout the day and praising the Lord, and you'll be far better for it. I um, I'm trying this uh, I've, where I'm streaming out from is I'm doing a little different than I normally do, and um, I'm trying to, it's it's a little different, and so I'm trying to that's why I'm a little distracted this morning. Uh, I had this update on my phone and iPad and everything has went wonky and completely different than what I'm used to. And it's like, I'm trying to relearn how to do everything and uh, I'm trying to find, you know, on my, the way I normally do it, I can see if you comment or say anything and, and I can't see it for some reason. And I don't know why, if I'm supposed to be hitting something here and, uh, let me, hold on. Let me look here just real quick. Uh, no, that's not it. I don't know. Uh, let's just go ahead and go on. I'll just try to respond to any comments afterwards after I get it posted and I can go back and, and if you've commented, I can see it there. So, but anyway, um, looking into God's word, uh, we look at uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 uh, this morning. And uh, let's bring that up here just right quick. And Deuteronomy 7, 9 tells us, Know therefore that the Lord thy God he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And uh, so as dad always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. And, uh, you know, we uh, hold on here. Go away. Let's see. There we go. All right. Sorry. Like I said, I'm struggling with this this morning. Uh, but anyway, uh, so as we look at this verse, uh, we're seeing that Moses is talking to the Israelites and uh, of course, uh, he understands their past mistakes, and uh, they've had a problem with chasing after false gods, and uh, uh, something that God's had to, uh, you know, his wrath has had to come upon them a few times because of that. You know, it always amazes me, uh, after everything God's brought them through, that they would choose to worship false gods over the one true God. But then again, 
You know, you see people today who want to deny the deity of, of God and of Christ and, and do their own thing. And, you know, you scratch your head and wonder how, but the God of this world has blinded them. So this is what Moses is telling them here, that, hey, there is only one true God. And uh, his love is not uh, extended to everyone, but to those who love him and follow his commandments and, uh, and trust in him. And he's telling them that only, not only is there one true God, but not to follow after false gods. And, you know, and that's one thing that can be applicable. You know, one thing I was talking about yesterday, you know, the meaning of the verse itself may have been meant only for the Israelites. However, uh, a verse may have different applications. And I think we can most definitely uh, draw from the, an application from this verse and the fact that there is only one true God. You know, as of course, nothing is more frustrating and, and uh, aggravating and seeing those coexist uh, stickers. You know, I just... You know, to me, that is the equivalent of uh, seeing a, an Obama or Hillary sticker. It just makes you just want to just scream and just ask why, you know. But uh, <laughs> I know I'm, people get upset when I get political, but I can't help it sometimes. But, you know, um, the fact of the matter is there is only one true God. You know, you look at Hinduism, they got a million gods for everything in the world coming and going, you know. And uh, But one thing that separates the one true God is that he shows love, kindness, mercy, uh, you see that how uh, from Islam, it is not the same God, uh, that uh, our God is triune, and uh, in other words, three persons in one. And that's one thing that separates uh, our God from any other, uh, on top of the fact he shows grace, mercy, and love, and, and his love is not conditional. Uh, every other religion, you have to uh, uh, attain uh, a sense of enlightenment. You have to do a certain amount of works. You have to do things to atone for your sins in order to reach these different levels, in order to be accepted. But with God, it's a free gift. It's a free gift given to us by God. It's a free gift of salvation. It's not something you earn. It's not something you buy. It's not something you work for. It is a free gift of God. And once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, all those past mistakes, all those sins are forgiven. It's not no, We no longer, God doesn't hold over our heads. So what you have to do, this, this, and this, and then I'll forgive you. God forgives you, and that's it. There's nothing you can do. And I think that bothers a lot of people. They think, well, I need to do something for, for sinning. I need to do something for messing up, uh, or God's not going to want me. God's going to reject me. God's not going to love me. But that's not how God works at all. Uh, he does love you, and he understands that we are sinners. He understands that we are weak. He understands these things, but he loves us despite ourselves. But there is only one true God, and nobody's getting into heaven except through Christ alone. And, uh, of course, I hit on this a little bit yesterday in my sermon and the fact that uh, I think so many people think uh, that because they go to church, uh, because they're benevolent, because they do good things, that they are going to gain entrance into heaven, and that is not the case. That is not going to happen, and that's the sad part. There will be good people who go to hell. But until you profess with your mouth and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will. that's the only way you're getting into heaven, the only way. And we have to understand there is only one true God. You know, you can't have, you know, out of, all these multiple gods there can only be one. And, uh, and the, the only one true one is the God of the Bible. And we have to be very careful. You know, sometimes we think of false gods as... Um, you know, something carved out of out of wood or stone or or metal, and this is what these people were bowing to. Uh, but people today can still have their gods that they chase after. Some people, money is their god. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for my son. He's wanting. To, he's trying to make his own way. He's uh, he's moved down to Florida. He's trying to start his own business. Uh, he wants to be successful, and I applaud him for that. But I told him, make sure that you're putting God first. 
family second, and then you're worrying about uh, your job and financials because it's so easy to chase after a dollar and neglect the things that are important. And I want to make sure he understands that and knows that. And he's got a good level head on his shoulder. He's far smarter and a better person than I'll ever be. But uh, I just want to make sure that that is instilled in him, that he puts God first and family second. It's easy to see the devil allows these distractions that are very easy to get us off, off where we need to be. And uh, that's why we have to constantly be on our guard. That's why God's word says the old devil walks about like a roaring lion, uh, seeking whom he may devour. And he can grab you that quick. You know, that's what I was talking about yesterday, uh, you know, with my, you know, something I have to really work on is my temper, particularly in driving. And uh, and it's, sometimes it can happen that quick. And I'm just like, what even just happened just now, you know? But people would chase after money. Some people would chase after health. That can be their God. And you may say, well, how is that? If you're consumed with nothing but losing weight, exercise, dieting, uh, and that's all your obsession is, that is the focal point of your life, then that's a problem. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to diet. I'm not saying it's wrong to exercise. Our body's the temple. We are to take care of it. But if that is all you're focusing on, then that is a God in your life that you need to overcome, that you need to, to look at carefully. You know, every, you know, I want to be in good shape. I, I don't, I don't want to be overweight. I want to lose weight. I want to keep it off. And I've yo-yoed a lot in my dieting and uh, and I have obsessed over it. That's why that's one area that I can talk with all confidence in because I have obsessed when it comes to working out and dieting. I have been anorexic. I have refused to eat and starve myself. I have been bulimic. I have worked out to the point of exhaustion. I, I, was, I have been obsessed with those things. And, uh, and I think that's why I'm, I am paying a high price now with my health, with my immune system being as it is. And, and I think God has a way of humbling us uh, and saying, you know what, I allowed you to go so far. And now he, he, he's humbled uh, me in particular in the fact that, hey, you know, that's not what's important. Uh, even Apostle Paul talked about that, that, you know, uh, that, uh, that exercise profiteth little. But again, it's not saying that we're not to. It's just we need to make sure we're putting it in as, as with anything in its proper context we can uh, god uh, anything that is is give, making your focus outside of the one true god is a god in your life that you need to get away from and 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 not um, allow it to be your focal point that the god of the bible is your focus and so we have to be very careful of the distractions of things in this world it's so easy to chase after a b and c but we're not putting god first in all areas of our lives and and you better be careful because like i say i've had to learn the hard way and god has a way of humbling you and am I perfect? No. I mean, I'm a sinner. I mess up just like everybody else. That's just why I was telling everybody yesterday when I was, I was teaching and preaching. Uh, you know, I think some people expect pastors to be at a certain level. And I guess in some respects, we should be as leaders of a church and in the community. We need to hold ourselves at a higher standard. Uh, and I think sometimes, um, you know, because I kind of come into ministry later in life, even though I grew up around it and I knew better, but I, I got away from that uh, when my best friend Lance died. And not trying to make excuses, but it's just that I really got out of the world. And when the Lord truly touched me in a mighty and dramatic way uh, and, and turned me around uh, to put me back on the right course, uh, and there's still some of the old me that filters through. Sometimes I forget that I'm a pastor. Sometimes I forget about these things because sometimes that old carnal nature wants to come through. And, uh, and I forget myself sometimes, and, and I have to reel myself in. I've tried to scale myself way back on commenting on certain things on social media. I've had to, to try to reel myself in with my temper, with some of the things that I say, because I don't want to hurt my witness. And uh, I know that I have in, in, in how I have responded in 
certain situations in my life, uh, I have, have responded incorrectly. I have not responded in a Christian way. I'm not responded in a way a pastor should. And uh, I am, and, and like I said, the devil knows my weaknesses. All I can do is ask for forgiveness from those who I've offended, ask for forgiveness from God Almighty, and try to do better. But, uh, you know, but I think God allows these things to happen. Even though I regret it, I hate it, I wish it didn't happen, but I think that God allows these kind of things to happen at times because, uh, so others that I'm teaching and preaching would be like, you know what, I don't, you know, uh, if he's having those kind of problems, you know, I don't feel so bad about what I'm dealing with. Does that make sense? And the fact that, you know, I'm not saying we're, I'm, I'm trying to minimize sin by no stretch of imagination. We need to take it seriously. We need to understand that it is ugly and horrible on God's side. But I think sometimes pastors try to put themselves at such a level that those in the congregation feel like, well, gosh, I, I'm never going to be like it. And, and it gets to the point sometimes they want to give up and, and feel like, well, man, that, that's an impossible task that I'm never going to be able to attain. But when I think when others see that, hey, He's got his weaknesses too, and I think it helps them uh, helps as pastors and the relationship with the congregation to to have a closer relationship because we understand each other's weaknesses. We understand that we're in this together and that we're all struggling and that we're all imperfect. There's none righteous, no not one, and we're all trying to uh, to attain the same goal to be have that Christ-like mind to continue to grow to mature as Christians. We want to strive for that spiritual maturity. You know, it's sad that there's people out there who does not understand. A kind, loving, and gentle God. They want to blame God for the tragedies of the world instead of blaming where it really comes from is from sin and death and, and the devil himself. And there's all those out there who don't want to believe that there is one true God. They don't want to believe in the God of the Bible. They want to deny his existence. And uh, you don't have to look any further than, and, you know, if there's any kind of anything semi-close to a, a Christian post, you're going to have those on there mocking Christians, mocking God, and uh, it, it is frustrating uh, to see these kind of things. I can assure you that God is real. I can assure you that Jesus Christ is real. Can I prove it scientifically that God exists? No, I cannot. I think that's why we have to come to God through faith. Uh, I believe that it, you can prove scientifically uh, the proof of a creator. I think that you can prove historically that Jesus Christ lived and uh, that he uh, did die and, and resurrect uh, from the dead, because there was over 500 witnesses uh, that could not disprove, you know, it could not be disproven. Even the Roman government tried to disprove it. So I think that, uh, or, or my convictions tell me that if uh, if Jesus Christ did rise from the dead, then that proves that He was God's Son. And if He's God's Son, then there has to be a God, and that God is real and true. Uh, you know, and I think those who want to blatantly deny God is is just that they're trying to blatantly deny they know deep down the truth but they want to because they feel like if they deny him then they're hurting him in some shape form or fashion and uh, that's a sad state of affairs remember we can't force anybody to believe we cannot force anybody to accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. All we can do is plant a seed. All we can do is tell others about God and his love for us. All we can do is tell us about how Jesus Christ gave his life to atone for our sins, to pay the debt we didn't, we could not pay, and he paid the debt he did not owe. And, uh, and if they understand that, great. Uh, but realize that they are blinded. And until the Holy Spirit touches their hearts, their minds, their soul, uh, their thoughts and emotions, they will never understand the things of God. But... And on Judgment Day, they can never say nobody ever tried to uh, tell them. So it's our responsibility and duty to stand the, stand our ground and to stand true and stand strong in the things of Jesus Christ and the things of God. And um, 
Remember that Noah, imagine Noah, you know, here he's trying to do the work of God. He's building this ark. 120 years, no rain, people mocking him, people making fun of him. And, you know, they're bothered. I'm sure there was times he was thinking that, you know, people think I'm crazy, God. I want to give up. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of people making fun of him. I'm sure, I'm sure it had to happen. He had to think that at times, you know, maybe I am crazy. Maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm, I might, you know, 120 years, you won't, you won't think, well, am I, am I even doing the right thing here? But he stayed the course and he stayed faithful. And that's what we have to do as Christians, to stay the course and to stay faithful. That's where being mocked, being persecuted, and being made fun of. As one day, just as Noah's day, the rains came and the door was shut and they were screaming. They realized then that Noah was right this whole time. One day, God's going to reveal himself. We're going to be raptured up out of, out of here. And yes, I know rapture is not in the Bible, but that comes from the Greek word caught up. As God's word says, that's where we get the word rapture. But um, uh, but we'll be raptured out of here, and then then it will be too late. And that's when the people, just like in Noah's day, will be screaming and crying and saying, "I wish I had listened." That uh, God is real and God is true. Stay the course, stay firm, stay true, my friends, and understand the reality of who God is. Trust in Him in all things. Let us have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to serve you, to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to touch the hearts and minds uh, of the blind, of the, of the people of the world that the devil has blinded. Let us have a real heart for the lost. Help us, Lord, to have wisdom, to discernment, uh, to give us the proper knowledge to explain and understand that you are the one true God, to be able to explain salvation to the lost. Lord, uh, touch the hearts and minds of those in this world, Lord, and uh, we know that we're in the last days. Have us to be a strong witness for you, a reflection of you in all things. Lord, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you and wants to come to know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and watch Lord protect us this day. Be with our parents, teachers, children, and bus drivers. Let them get to school and back safely without any problems or complications. Uh, Lord, be with all the prayer requests and prayer concerns that are on social media daily, that are that our hearts are that are dear and near to the hearts of those who are asking for help and pleading for help and the unspoken concerns. You know the hearts and minds. Your will be done in each and every situation. Be with our first responders. Be with our police officers and be with our active military. And Lord, be with our president. Bless him and his family. Keep and watch over, protect him and give him wisdom and discernment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I appreciate each and every y'all watching this morning. It's always a pleasure and honor to be able to get up and be able to do these devotions each and every day. And, uh, and as always, uh, if you want to share these devotions, if you think there are those out there that would, would like to watch these, of course, there's my uh, Facebook address at, uh, at, uh, at, I can't talk today, it's <laughs> my Facebook address. Uh, they can go there, and then if they don't do Facebook, of course, there's uh, my uh, um, uh Twitter. I can't hear the sound. What's the matter with me today? I just can't seem to think clear. It's my Twitter address at Doc Matthias Young, so they can go on there as well. But anyway, I appreciate each and every one of y'all for watching this morning, and uh, I'll be later on. I will uh, post this to my podcast. And for those on the podcast who can't see what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, this may be a little confusing sometimes. But uh, but I hope everybody has a good day, a blessed day, and remember, live today as if it were your last, because one day it will be.